On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we preview our Monday night matchup against the Lions. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. And with that, let's go Pack. does this better than anybody. End zone, Cobb, touchdown! Unbelievable! Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Hey, hey, hey. hey. So let's start off with a, a serious question coming out of that game against the Cowboys. Do you think that the Packers are a bunch of hot dogs, showboaters, and trash talkers? For sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think they look, took it just a little bit too far in this past game, but is they'll this, learn from it and they'll keep this, their fire. Is this Ryan Bayless talking? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> no, because I said, I said that the receiving core was dog shit, not hot dogs. So it was cool. Hey. Different kind of dog, different breed. Yeah, Skip Bayless. I'm I'm still not over it. He's he's the joke that keeps on joking. Um, but unfortunately, I don't even. Who's the biggest Detroit Lions fan? Is it Kid Rock? I don't even know who it is. Like who? Probably Eminem, right? Eminem. Oh, he he showed up for one game. So <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like to return back. Yeah. So uh, I I don't even know who we would even fight with on social this week. But uh, I don't know. Regardless, here we go. Monday night football bum, 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 at Lambeau. Bum, 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 bum. Lions <laughs> versus Packers. Green Bay absolutely owning the overall series by 28 games, but somehow, some way, the Lions have won the last four meetings. Before that sweep in 2017, the last time they had beat the Packers two games in a row in the same season was 1991. So if they can somehow find a win on Monday night, it will be their longest winning streak against the Packers since 1955. And including that, please, they've, they've beat us three out of the last four at home. Ugh, I just it's amazing that you think about all the teams we have success against. And somehow the Detroit the Lions. Lions are not one of them. And it it doesn't bother me because I guess I'd rather beat up on Chicago and Minnesota. But good Lord. Anywho, Lions season has been awfully surprising thus far. They opened up the season by choking away an 18-point lead with 11 minutes to go to tie the Cardinals. Then beat the Chargers and Eagles before losing on a touchdown with 20 seconds remaining against the Chiefs. And the one thing to note, they are coming off that glorious week five bye and are ready to come to Lambeau. So I think we have a lot more questions about this Lions offense than their defense. So let's start there. I think we agree we can contain this group. But where exactly do we think we'll kind of take complete advantage of them? Yeah, you know, the, the my overall take the offense, you know, they're not a bad, it's not a bad offense. They're very efficient. Uh, you know, they just don't really have any amazing playmakers in my mind, but they have a lot of very, very good players. You know, Marvin Jones Jr., um, they're, they're running back, carry on Johnson. And my favorite is Kenny Galladay, a second year player. Um, and he's having a great start to his season with four touchdowns on 19 receptions. 
Um, and every single one of his catches has either been a first down or a touchdown this year, which is uh, pretty amazing. Um, and this guy is just a BC six foot four, two fifteen, um, and he will play the jump ball always and often. Uh, he uh, Stafford loves to throw it up to this guy, and he normally comes down with it. So I had to, in order to do my proper research this week, I had to listen to a Lions podcast. My schedule just didn't allow me to break down film. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Boys, it was interesting to listen to. So there were a few things they said that I would prefer for Josh to either approve of or debunk. One thing was they had a section within their podcast that said, Stafford makes one throw every game that no other quarterback couldn't make. I understand he's got a baseball background and he can randomly throw a sidearm and make it happen. But do you think he is such a great quarterback that he makes a throw every game that another quarterback can make? That I'm that this is the the trend in NFL right now, specifically NFL media, that is absolutely driving me insane. When it's not when it's not talking about somehow Stafford, it's Mahomes doing something crazy. It's Russell Williams doing something crazy. Mm-hmm. Like it is gotten out of control. Like there was one play where Mahomes looked at the ref as he was running up the field. And people were like, "That's insane!" It's like, what? What are we? What are we talking right. about right here? I am so sick of. I'm so sick of this conversation. With that being said, no, he doesn't. Right. Yeah, no, he doesn't. I mean, he's he's a very good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. He does make some very difficult plays and puts balls in places for where his, only his wide receivers can uh, catch catch the ball. Uh, but I mean, he's nothing special. He's probably going to turn the ball over a couple times in this exactly. game, I guess. You know, so what? I I don't see what they're saying. Exactly. There. He's also going to put a few balls in places that our D backs are going to catch and intercept him. They yeah. also said T.J. Hawkinson was an elite tight end. The rookie that is in week six, they said, was an elite tight end. That's I get awesome. his at I get That's his awesome. athletics, like his athletic measurements from the draft were elite, but you know he's got eleven catches for one hundred sixty six yards, two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He's he's and, dropped he's dropped a few balls, so he should have more than two touchdowns. I'll give him that much. And I know I would have been super happy if the Packers drafted him. But no tight end in their rookie year really is elite. Like that's what just one of those positions that takes some time to learn, right? Out of that 166 yards, 131 of them came against the Cardinals in game one. So he has 35 total yards since then. And I know he got a little bit banged up and there was some question ability, but you can't be elite and then have Geronimo numbers. No offense, but uh, I just I just don't think I just don't think. Sorry, Geronimo. You guys are totally right. I mean, I think he's gonna be elite. I, I'm definitely scared of him. He could have a great game at any time. I think because he does have that athleticism, and if we're not respecting him, I think he could take advantage. But yeah, definitely not an elite tight end that we have to like hone in on and focus number one. Yeah, the the other part they had that was super interesting, and Josh, I, I know you've watched a few games on film, so follow me on this train of thought. They said the running game has been super, well, just underperforming. And I know on Johnson is one of these running backs that specifically from the fantasy standpoint, you know, everyone was expecting a spectacular year out of him. And I know statistically he's underperformed, but is the running game something we need to be afraid of knowing we have a bad rush defense or is this something where if they can't run on us, we're going to shut them down. So the way I feel about this, Kyrion Johnson is very good. Uh, and the lions 
I, I don't agree that they've had a bad rush offense. I, I think it's about average. I think, you know, other than Aaron Jones having eight touchdowns, you know, they're very comparable in the year that they're having. Um, but but he could go off against us because we are so weak. You can clearly see yeah. in, in the KC game, he put up 125 yards on 25 carries. I mean, that could easily happen with us with a couple pairs of touchdowns there. So, I, yeah, I, I'm scared of on Johnson. If they get him going, it will be a long day for well, the, the Chiefs. The Chiefs, like us, are known to have a bad rush defense. So if he had 125 yards against them, that means he's had 126 yards against three other teams for a grand average of 3.4 yards per carry. I am not scared one bit of this running game. No. Not scared one bit. You're looking at the three previous games other than Kansas City, 36 yards, 41 yards, 49 yards. Like, he has been non-existent. And I hope everybody on this podcast and everybody listening to this podcast is sitting down when I tell you that Kansas City's rush defense is 20 yards worse on average than us. They are second to last in the league. So this big game where he got back on track, oh, man, he was rumbling for 125, was against one of the Mm. worst rushing teams in the league, and that's including the Packers. They're five or six spots below the Wow. Wow, I didn't think they were that bad. Dang. here's, Here's a bold prediction, part of the bold prediction. These Lions will rush for 75 yards or less this game. Total. Ooh, all right. I, take. I I really think that it was a wake-up call against the Philadelphia Eagles that we can never be this bad again. And, yeah, we're going to give up yards, but he is not Zeke. He is not, he is not going to be to the level, and I don't think that the offensive game in terms of passing is to the level that we can necessarily uh, – can't necessarily keep up i we are going to we're going to be fine we're gonna be fine all right all right i do think we'll be able to hold them I, guys it's the lions i've, I've watched so many I, I follow a few uh folks on the twitter world and the espn verse that are lions fans and they're super excited because they are build, building a talented young roster and they they have a future. It's it's an interesting one to follow, but I don't think it's one that in 2019 you have to be afraid of. And it, this will flip a little bit as we go to the defense, as we talk about Aaron Rodgers trying to throw the ball against these guys. But when it comes to the offense, Stafford is just a guy. He's he's super talented from the arm perspective. He can make a bunch of throws, but he makes a bunch of bad throws at the same time. The running game is nothing we have to worry about. I'm probably going to have to eat those words later. We'll talk about that next week. That's fine. But the receiving game, they got some talent in Marvin Jones. Kenny Galladay, I like him too. Nice nice wide receiver, but not something that I'm worried about. Kevin King or Jair you know, having a competitive day where we can't shut him down a little bit. TJ Hawkinson is just too young to be worried about. Next year, I think we can talk about him being a dangerous weapon. Until then, I just think we can keep these guys to that 20-point range that makes the game nice and competitive. Wow. Man, I'm surprised. I think this is going to be like a high-scoring fest, in my in my opinion. Like, I, I thought I, – I definitely think we're going to give up a lot of points in this one, too, just like uh, Eagles. Or, really? <clears throat> yeah, I, I think it's going to be very similar to that, with a, that with a, game. With a bad running game, you think we're going to give up a ton of points? I, I I think so. I, I I think they have a good. I think they succeed on the ground. So, but yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully I'm wrong. Wow. Hopefully I'm wrong. 
they could. I mean, <laughs> we've proven they could. But um, yeah, I, I hope you're wrong too. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a question for you guys: How old is Marvin Jones? Twenty-five. I would say thirty. What? No. He's twenty-nine. What? Seriously? I actually thought he was like thirty-two. <laughs> I thought he. Was he looks old. Older. He looks really old. I'm I thought like, he was super young. No, that's I. He has an old man face, and I thought he was. I feel like I've been talking about Marvin Jones forever. Maybe it's because I had like some bad pickups of him in fantasy, but yeah, yeah, we, we've all had Marvin Jones once in our life. <laughs> speaking of bad pickups, speaking of bad pickups in fantasy that we've all had once in our life, Danny Amendola, does he strike any fear into your minds? Heck no, no. He's, he's like, had the same he's had the same style of play for the last five years. That every single year you are guaranteed to have four games where he becomes so relevant because of how well he does, and the other twelve is nowhere to be seen yeah nowhere he was seen. he was the poor man's Wes welker that never actually became Wes welker very poor man <laughs> yeah very very and and i'll throw this out their backup tight end I, I was shocked when i listened to this podcast he has five catches for 47 yards and they were pretty stoked about the potential he has logan thomas which if you're a fan of college football was the old quarterback for virginia tech so <laughs> yeah i'm not scared of him at all Maybe Hawkinson can do some things because he's super athletic, but if an old quarterback from Virginia Tech is doing things from the tight end slot, we've got bigger issues at linebacker than we're aware of. So let's talk about our tight end group, who uh, I think we thought we're probably going to step up a little bit more in Dallas just because we needed them to, and they had moments. Uh, Jones obviously stole the show with his four touchdowns, absolutely owning the greatest linebacker crew in the history of the NFL, according to Josh. Uh, but but where, where's our office? Sean Lee. <laughs> yeah. Assuming that maybe there's a Devontae Adams sighting, but that everybody else is, is now in week two of this group as is. How do we feel about it? Yeah, you know, I, I think this might be a, a rough game for us just because Devontae Adams was out last game and their corners are the strength of this defense. Um, they play a lot of man-to-man and they stick to their wide receivers like glue. Um, you, I mean, you can see it when you watch, especially in that Chiefs game, because we all know how the Chiefs love to run around and get, get the ball in their playmakers' hands. Well, they didn't do that versus, versus the Lions. You know, they were the first team to stop Mahomes from scoring a touchdown, and I don't even know how long. I probably should have looked at about how many games. Um, and they should have won the game. Um, so this is a defense that knows how to stop the pass. So I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, Aaron Jones can have a repeat of his performance in Dallas. They have forever been a super talented man-to-man team, and it starts with Darius Slay, who is in and out of the injury report, but he's going to play on Monday night. Uh, Rashawn Melvin is the other corner, and then their free agent pickup was Justin Coleman, and they paid him a ton, and their fan base was uh, a little concerned that they paid a third corner a ton of money, and I don't have his direct numbers in front of me, but it doesn't matter. He has performed. He has played worth every dollar that they signed him for. So if you really do the breakdown, if Darius Slay is somewhat healthy, we need Devontae Adams to play, first of all, which from the injury report, it sounds like he's still questionable, but with the turf toe and 
my uh, Kool-Aid take was he might have played last week. <laughs> but if he could play this week, that would be a huge bonus, right? Because Darius Slay against Devontae Adams is one of like the all-time matchups that are so fun to watch on film. But then we get Rashawn Melvin and Justin Coleman against MVS and Geronimo. I don't like our matchup at that two or three spot no matter what. But the the pro and con to that is that we don't necessarily always put Devontae in a position where Darius Slay can match up one-on-one against him. So we got to free Devontae up through some slot positions and whatnot. Uh, but free him up. But that man-to-man defense that they play has always bucked Aaron Rodgers, too. I mean, mm-hmm. Always. His statistics against the Lions are not great, and that shows against the team record against the Lions for the last couple of years has not been great. I don't think it's necessarily the pass rush. I think it's the pass uh, defense, the man-to-man coverage that they have is super impressive. It's something I think we're close to mimicking in Green Bay, but we're not quite there yet. I, uh, I, I struggle with how we're going to perform in the passing game against the Lions. Josh, if you had to say, you know, Rodgers' total uh, statistics this week, you know, 200 yards, 250, 300, where do you put him? Oh, I'm, I'm thinking like around 230-ish max, you know, and then a, a touchdown or two. But, you know, strictly a red zone touchdown type of pass. But, yeah, I, I don't expect much out of Rodgers unless it comes through dump-offs like through Dallas where he was d- getting it to the running backs and the tight ends again. Um, I think I think it'll be a very similar game plan to how we handled Dallas because that was the strength of Dallas, too. They're, they're secondary. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the same exact game from last week. Yeah, yeah. I do think we need to focus on the run. Yeah, I think that's like it. They're just a consistent group. And I think it's really interesting that you look at some of their stats and they almost contradict each other. Uh, first off, they've only given up four touchdowns through uh, through passing, which is 28th in the league. But they're also 28th in the league in interceptions with two. So they're stopping the passing game, but they're not getting takeaways. And, and they're one of the least penalized teams on defense in the entire league. It, they're just they're steady and I do think that they're similar in a way of they're going to give we as a offense need to be opportunistic that we can't have drives stall out around midfield. Like if we are getting it going, we have to keep it going because I really do think they'll they'll get four to five quality drives this game. It's just a matter of are we converting? Are we falling short? Is it a missed field goal? I think we can beat them, but. This is the one part of the game out of all sides of the football for both teams. The the Detroit defense, I think, has the most pressure on them. And I, I don't quite know what to expect. I do think uh, I want to call out real fast. You know, we're all disappointed that Mike Daniels left. He was a great guy. I think both in the community and the locker room for the Green Bay Packers, you know, from what I read and have listened to, he's been banged up with some injuries. And I think this is something and that we need to give credit to the Packers front office for of getting rid of guys maybe a year too soon, but guys that want a three- to five-year contract where they say, you know, it's not going to be worth our our salary cap expenditure to sign you to that length of a contract when we think you're in the decline of your career. So while Matt Daniels has been a great guy, he's played in three games for them. He has a grand total of two tackles. So you want to know who else has two tackles for the Lions? 
Kenny Galladay. Yeah, I was going to say wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're wide just receiver. Like Brad, just like Bradbury, our, our favorite. Bradbury. <laughs> yeah. My boy Garrett. But, yeah, so Mike Daniels is unfortunately out for Monday night, so says the injury report for the Lions. And I think that's unfortunate because he had a quote saying, I went to the Lions so I could play the Packers twice a year. And I was – I was very concerned about that because our interior of the offensive line is one of our weaknesses. They have some nice D tackles in Damon Harrison Sr. and Ashawn Robinson um, that could cause some havoc. But then you throw in Mike Daniels fresh with a vengeance. And I'm like, oh, man, if he just gets a sack or two, that's just going to destroy the heart of all the Packers fans. But thankfully for a Packer fan, he's out, you know, uh, on the flip side of that. I think the Packers made a good call. Looking back on, we're saying the defensive line looks weak without him. If this is what 30-year-old Mike Daniels looks like with some banged-up injuries and a couple tackles in three games, uh, they may have made a nice proactive call that we weren't forecasting. And I think we we owe it to them to give some credit there. That's a great call because, I mean, Josh Jones was a factor in Dallas. Um, we saw Big that. Factor, yeah. <laughs> Huge. Yeah, the scouting you know, report he gave on us was unstoppable. You know, just like you say, the Packers made a good call. I think the Lions made a bad call on the Trey Flowers signing. You know, I I don't. I've I, I watched it two games and I just don't see anything out of him that screams elite talent. You know, he he they paid him five or ninety million for five years. You know, we paid what around one hundred ten, hundred twenty for the Smith the Smiths combined. I mean, like, I just don't understand the contract and I don't understand what they saw in him, but hopefully he doesn't show up in this game. He's only had one sack so far through four games. So that's pretty mediocre. Um, but yeah. What, what do you guys think about that signing with them? I think it's, a, it's a normal Patriot signing. How yeah. many Patriots have left <laughs> and not performed? It's, it's, it's a perfect system situation. Like 98% of them, yeah. And yeah. The, ironically, the podcast I listened to was directly after the Eagles game that I had time to listen to on the car ride this morning, and he had eight tackles in one sack against the Eagles. So they were hyped up about, hey, the Trey Flowers signing is finally you know, paying dividends. Well, if you take away those eight tackles in one sack in the three other games, that means he has seven tackles, yeah. no sacks, yeah. Yeah. no passes defended, <laughs> no interceptions, no nothing. <laughs> So, man, if we had signed Zadarius Smith or Preston Smith and he had 15 tackles in one sack, we'd be like, what is that $90 million going to, right? Yep. So, yep. yeah, I don't I don't think it's a great signing, but, you know, maybe one guy we should touch on quickly is Gerard Davis because this guy is a, a solid middle linebacker that can cover sideline to sideline. And in the last couple of weeks, he's performed. He's had six tackles and four tackles, uh, you know, not quite a Blake Martinez type, but I think he can wreak some havoc in the passing game with his speed, um, that is something we got to deal with. Have you, did you watch him on film, Josh? What do you think about Gerard Davis? Uh, I did not watch him closely. Uh, I, I was having too much fun watching the corners, honestly. But uh, <laughs> uh, so I can't really talk to him, but I, I'll trust your opinion on that one. So interestingly enough, when we record this pod Sunday night, Packers were minus six. Our official, unofficial Las Vegas count from Bavada currently has the Packers at minus four. So they're slipping a little bit, still a favorite. Over-unders remain steady at 47, which I believe has been just about every single game this year, been 47. How are we feeling about this game? Who's our MVP? Do we have any nice little Kool-Aid predictions we'd like to throw in there as well? 
Yeah. So my my take on this game, I think it's I think uh, Vegas is is pretty accurate on this one. Normally, I'm saying the Packers are going to blow it out, but <clears throat> I think it's pretty accurate. I I don't have it exactly that I have it seven, uh, but I think it could easily be four. Uh, but I have the Packers winning 34 to 27, and I think it's going to be a rough game for us. You know, uh, they will run on us, I believe. They will pass on us, and it will come up once again to turnovers and huge third down sacks in order to win. Uh, I just hope that we get through this game with uh, no more injuries because you know it's going to be a typical NFC North fight on the field. So, uh, I just hope we don't get too banged up after this game. And then and then my MVP for the game is and I hope I'm probably going to steal what who you guys are going to pick. But Aaron Jones, I think he's going to have another amazing game. Um, and I, I say he's going to total 160 yards with a pair of touchdowns, one through the air, one through the ground, maybe both through the ground. I don't know. But I, I honestly think the game plan is going to be near identical to the Cowboys. So I expect big things from Aaron Jones. I. I one of my biggest regrets this season is just not going for it last week with the Dallas prediction that we could, you know, make things happen. So I'm going to just push it to this week. I think we win big. I think it's 33 13. They only get in the end zone once. I think we hold the Lions rush. I'm going to say five sacks and two turnovers for our defense. And I am going to pick, believe it or not, Jimmy Graham. As our MVP, nice. I think he finds the end zone. I think he's probably around that 55 yard mark. Uh, I think Aaron Jones has a possibility to go two for two for a big day. But uh, as we were talking about coverage wise, I just think that he'll get those yards he needs and sneak in that Renzo to temp and we go, all right, that'll do. So everything I've ever said bad about you, Jimmy, I'm sorry. Please make me look good this week. I've struggled with this uh, score prediction it, it, through my research. It, you know, we struggle with the passing game against Lions. They struggle running against uh, every team, and that's our weakness from our defensive standpoint. So do they do they not score at all? Are we able to shut down the passing game because of that? Are we able to score at all if they shut down our passing game can Aaron Jones repeat for two weeks in a row? Because let's not forget he didn't look great for the first four weeks. Uh, I, I had called him out as not having, you know, the bust out year that we had expected. So with all that said, I still think the Packers win this. I think the Vegas spread is fairly close. I'm going to say the Lions actually cover. I think the uh, Lions are going to keep us underneath that 30-point threshold that we've been targeting. Uh, I think it's Packers 24, Lions 21. I do think they get a few points against us. They they just have a ton of talent. They can spread it out. I'll give them 21. We're still going to win the game, though. I actually, in retrospect, forgot they're coming off a bye. Do you think, do you think right. buys matter in the they NFL do. this early, though? Oh, oh, especially against a divisional opponent. I mean, somebody I that you know. I think that's why I give them 21. I wanted to give them 13 or 10. Uh, but coming off a bye, I do think it makes maybe not a seven-point difference, but I stick with my prediction. I, it makes a difference, though. Can we just cover, though, how happy are we that the Packers have a Week 10 bye? We might have covered this in the preview pod. This is the latest bye we have ever had in the history of the Packers, which I'm I'm used to, frankly, I should have pulled up the stats. I'm used to these Week 5 where you're just like, ugh. We got a long season right. after this. So Way too soon. I, I, granted, it all depends on where injuries were at the moment, but 
a nice late buy, especially when we have to go through this NF3C North battle again to finish the season. I absolutely love. So that will do it for this episode. We'll see how Monday night goes. Come on, five and one. Oh yeah. Thanks everybody. Go back up.